We are so pleased to announce that the 2018 Toy Photographer's Yearbook is completed and available for purchase. The book features the work of 61 toy photographers from around the world and is available in softcover, ebook, and PDF formats. But it's only available for a limited time. Support the blog, support your fellow toy photographers, and purchase your copy today. You'll find all of the information and links to purchase on our website, toyphotographers.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Toy Photographers Podcast, the official podcast of toyphotographers.com. My name is James Garcia, and I'm joined once again for another one of our themed episodes by my Swedish co-host, Christina Alexanderson. Christina, welcome back to the show. How are you doing today? Oh, thank you. Oh, I'm fine. I'm back home. I've been in London for two days, three days. So now I'm back home in Sweden, so I feel kind of cozy going around in the winter. (laughs) How are you? I'm doing well. I uh, haven't done any fun traveling or anything like that. Just kind of laying low and getting back into a normal routine now that like the holidays are done and the New Year's started and everything. Uh, what were you doing in London? I, I wish I would say I had been there photog- doing photography, but I haven't. I've been in on a conference talking. I do a lot of talking uh, around my work, uh, promoting the tool that we actually have done for schools around digital literacy. Have you done a Mm. lot of photography? Uh, I have, yeah. This year has been really productive for me, actually. I just wrote a piece that went up uh, today, the day we're recording, for the Toy Photographer's blog about... um, I'm just, like, in a really good groove right now with my photography, which feels really good. I've been spending most of my time in my studio, but I kind of reorganized my space. So I have more... I've got, like, two tables now to do photo setups on. And so I've just kind of been, like, setting up these really complicated setups and leaving them. And so I've got... Right now, it's like a, a little lake setup with a uh, with a cookie sheet and a bunch of water on a cookie sheet. Yeah. And I've been having fun with that. And uh, so it's been... It's been a good year for me so far, actually. Oh, that sounds amazing. Uh, how fun. Uh, do, yeah. you have, do you work around a theme, like the 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 setting that you put up? Or oh, I'm curious, what what ticks you on? Is What makes the creativity work? Is it the possibilities or is I, it... I think it's a mix of things. I think part of it is uh, I just, I gained a lot of momentum last year with my photography, just as we talked about on previous episodes, really like learning the technical stuff. And so now I'm walking away from my photo sessions less and less frustrated which is good um so just that feeling of like having a shot in my head and getting the shot quickly and so that that has been really uh beneficial and motivating for me and then also just I like I'm really having fun with like tinkering and setting up setups in inside I've, I've always liked doing indoor environments in my studio so um, th- I'm tr- I'm getting more complicated with them, and I'm trying out more practical effects and making more messes in my office and stuff. I think just that that creative energy is just flowing right now. I, I don't exactly know why, but I'm just enjoying it while it lasts. Well, uh, go for it! <laughs> I look yeah. forward to follow the process and see all the pictures that comes after it. Thank you. Yeah, it feels good. So I'm um, I'm excited to see where it goes, and eventually I'll dip back down and, and find a creative rut, probably. But but for now, I'm just enjoying enjoying the ride. So yeah, it, it, it's important to enjoy the ride when you are 
on that wave going, just surfing, just fall over the flow because mm-hmm. you never know when the water will <laughs> fill you over and you just drown. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, right now I'm in a good sweet spot where uh, my I've been keeping my weekends pretty free, you know, so I work during the week and get everything done. And then by the weekend, I've got a couple days to really spend in my studio if I want to and really just focus in on the photos. So I think that has been really helpful. Yeah. So, so until life gets busy again, I'm just going to keep enjoying my <laughs> photography weekends. Yeah, go so. for it. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was in my office last night setting up the shot for today for our, our diptych theme. I'm really excited to talk about this with you. Uh, the real challenge of today will be saying diptych like 50 times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even harder for me <laughs> because I can't say it. <laughs> Dip tyke. I say I say it in some Swedish English. <laughs> and maybe that's how the Swedes say diptych. I don't. I don't know. So we say diptych. Um, well, that's one of the um, joys of doing a, an international podcast is we get all the different flavors of language. So so I'm I, I'm cool with that. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> as long as we know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So before we jump into our images and showing guest submissions, um, you were more familiar with this concept than I was. I think so. Um, can you talk a little bit about like your history with this? And, and I know you've done some some diptychs before, so. Yeah, I usually don't think of myself in, in doing images, two images that try to tell one story or two stories. Usually when I talk about diptychs, I think of them as you put two images next to one another and they, instead of making one and one getting to two, you get a third element, a really good diptych gets an element of uh, something more than just two images next to one another. It isn't always the same story. It, it shifts the focus. I did actually a huge project around diptychs uh, with portraits. I photographed uh, around 60 people and I took uh, really close face pictures of them and then I put them together and they got kind of... Uh, um, they, I like the image I have done today. I didn't put them in in a straight line. I have shifted them and I connected them through the nose, around the nose. So the nose tip was the 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 point where I put the faces mm. together. But the they weren't always taking. I didn't take them with a tripod and I used a tilt shift. Ooh. So they kind of got messy in the focus and in. Where I stood as a photographer, so they are kind of. I I can't really describe them. I can put one. Uh, um, I can send you one. So you can yeah, that'd be great. Blog post. I think that I thought that was a such a fun project because I could actually show two emotions in one person in the mm-hmm. same picture, and I could all also show how all they almost fitted together, but they didn't fit together. So. We kind of always are shifting in our moods and the way we look at people. So you, you can look at a person one second and see one mode or one person. And if you look on the that same person the next second, you'll see something totally different. And I wanted to try to make that visual through a uh, diptychs and I really thought that was <laughs> amazing in toy photography I wouldn't say I have done a lot of them because 
as I experienced with this one, I thought it was difficult to actually know what kind of pictures should I put together. Why do I put these two pictures next to one another? Is it because they are in the same scene? Or is it because they tell the same story? Or is it because they kind of contrast one another? And I, th I think that's the... The challenge with diptychs, you can do them in such a variety of uh, fashions. I did actually, when I did the this, uh, I wouldn't say this um, challenge, I tried doing a portrait and a toy mm. photo. I know we did the, the, the theme of fear. And I have done that in my in my Swedish pod as well. N not fear, but s more scared. Mm. But it almost is the same feeling. And I put the portrait, the image that I did as a portrait, next to the one I did in in the podcast we did together. And I thought that was an, a, a really interesting way to do a diptych. But I couldn't get myself to do that. I couldn't actually. I thought it was far-fetched to put those that diptych in in this setting because I usually don't put these two genres of photography next to one another but they kind of needed to be when I explore the 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 way to do diptychs I really try to to find ways to connect images with one another I did one on the theme of I don't remember what the theme was, but I put yeah. on one what side of that? the power, star I think? end. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, power. Yeah, I remember was. that where yeah. you had like Leia on one yeah. side and Darth Vader on the other side, and they were both pushing a, a yeah. rock. Yeah, I thought th I I I was remembering that image when uh, kind of prepping for this episode and thinking what I was going to do because I, I had that in my head as an example. Um, I found yeah. this challenge really difficult as well. Uh, just like I said, I've never really done this before, and so trying to you know, both do research on what a diptych is and, and kind of what makes up a diptych and, and then deciding, okay, well, what, what the heck am I going to do for mine? I, I didn't take my shot until yesterday, like less than 12 hours ago. <laughs> so, um, and I'm, I'm happy with how it came out and I'm, I'm glad with where I ended up, but it just took me a long time to get there. I must say that I also had a difficult time doing this challenge because in one way I wanted the images to be close to one another and I depend on light and I had difficulty to actually decide on the theme so so when we talked about themes for the next uh, for the next episode we decided to do diptych again mm -hmm. but with a, a common theme we can say we can tell that already because <laughs> <laughs> it isn't a secret it won't be anyway so it's because I, I thought I lacked that I lacked the the theme part uh, the, what to connect it on what to put it on together what what was a common agenda in these two images what would what actually did i want to tell so i thought that was difficult yeah that's what i that's what i really like about diptychs actually as i was doing research for them is you know you kind of alluded to that that you can do a, a wide variety of things um and one thing i like is that the common theme seems to be picking two images that that maybe look similar or that look completely different but share some kind of common theme or common yeah. color or subject or angle or, or whatever um, so I like that the images themselves can be completely different but when you put them together they make you know a third complete image together and yeah. that they should have some kind of unifying 
uh, theme to them. And of course, whatever that theme is, is up to you as the photographer and whatever story you want to tell. And and I've, I've seen people who don't take two photos with the intention of putting them together, but just sort through their old photos and pick two that they found kind of shared a similar theme. And I thought that was interesting. Yeah. I did a, this series this summer around a place. I used the same place and I took all the pictures in the same place. We have an apple tree in our garden. So I've decided I would do a photo project around the apple tree or under the apple tree. Mm. And it started with me taking a lot of pictures of my children under the apple tree with the, the shadows in the faces. I love that. And uh, when I had done these, I had done three weeks of doing portraits of my boys and my husband. I thought it's something that's lacking and I decided it was me lacking. So I ought to do images of myself under this apple tree. Hmm. But when I looked at the images of myself, I actually thought, no, I need to and it, it it isn't enough to have me under the apple tree with all these shadows I need something else and then I took an image of the apple tree and it kind of became a totally different story it wasn't an image of me anymore it became a story about the apple tree and the e apples and the story of Adam and Eve and I really was so surprised that the combination of these two images made that bigger story that I didn't I was kind of searching for, but I found it when I put those two images together. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's what I love about this technique, I guess, is just that you can't do that. And then that, that it is so um, just open to interpretation and and versatile in the fact that you can mix pretty much anything you want and then uh, see what works, you know? Yeah, but you some I think there would have to be a thread between the images to help the viewers yeah I agree so you have to put them in some sort of order or connection or, or the light or the setting or something in the colors have to be similar because it, otherwise it's too different difficult to see the thread between the images yeah, I agree. One of the one of my favorite examples I saw online actually when doing research was uh, one image on the left was like a, a puddle that was getting rain, raindrops through the puddle. And then the, the right side image was just a child inside looking at a window that was covered yeah. with raindrops. <laughs> and together, they're completely different images. You know, one was taken outside, one was taken inside. The angle is different, the lighting, all of that. But then when you put them side by side, it tells a complete story of, you know, this rainy day, both inside and outside. And I just, I I just loved that. So I'm excited to talk about our listener submissions and our photos and then to, to do this theme again next month. And we'll talk about more of that on the at the end. Should we start, start with uh, the listeners? Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Uh, who did you want to talk about first? Maybe we should start with uh, Tobias. Yes. Yeah. Tobias did one on, on MeWe. I didn't see that before now. So so I was <laughs> okay, I, I was totally surprised because I'm not on MeWe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy that you are <laughs> and that our community are there and that they contribute from MeWe as well. Mm -hmm. This is a, an amazingly exciting image. It's a diptych. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no surprise. <laughs> and 
and uh, uh, the two images are uh, land. They are they become a landscape image or a, a, a square image. Maybe it's one to one, but they are both in portrait mode and they are in color. And I think the fun part about this image is how well he works with the. A negative space. Yeah, I thought the same it, thing. Because yeah, because the, uh, the image. If we start with tail t- talking about the image, and we look at the image on the right hand side, we see this uh, robot and this woman. I know you know who these <laughs> figures are, but I don't. I don't. I know that there is a Star Wars robot, but I don't know the name of the the. Yeah, so female figure. yeah, the robot is a K2SO from Rogue One, and then the female figure is Catwoman. Yeah, <laughs> you see. <laughs> Do we need some clues about these two figures? Do they have anything in common? Um, I don't think so. Other than like, yeah, you know, mm. appearance-wise, they're both like all in black, and and they, uh, I guess, like you could draw some parallels between their characters being kind of, um, you know, shades of gray as far as like the their darkness and goodness you know like k2so used to be an imperial droid and now he's a he's been reprogrammed to be a rebel droid and catwoman's always kind of been an anti-hero so you could draw parallels but i'm not sure if if tobias is is using that here i'm I'm not sure maybe i i think i think the fun part about this is that he mixes two universes that he takes these uh, villains or figures or robots and this I think I always think of Catwoman as the bad guy, and I don't know Batman as well. And she she has so been well. for for a lot of yeah. the stories, yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> so just connecting these two these two universes uh, is fun, even though I actually don't know them. But for those who know them, that is actually an interesting layer in this image. But they seem to be dancing. You see, and he has composed the image. He's really provoking uh, the, the, the rules that we all talk about that isn't rules. But, but we kind of tend to use them to do correct images. And images that don't make the viewer feel awkward mm-hmm. because because this image is awkward in the composition uh, the image on the right hand side you have this catwoman that is uh, uh, placed one third into the image or maybe half the image and then you have this robot then you can only see half off and you can see only half the arm and you can see the other arm and you can see a bit of the upper body but you can't actually see what he is doing they seem to be dancing and and he has cut him straight through in the head <laughs> and in the arms and you usually don't do that <laughs> yeah you're not supposed to do that tobias <laughs> but i love it <laughs> yeah i love that he did though that's what makes this such a such a great image yeah and then the the background is all white and and on the other hand on the other side of the image on the left hand side there is only white and then the, there is a black stripe between the images and then the next image comes and it starts with a negative space of all white and on the other side on the left hand side of that image is this couple again you can actually you don't if you don't know you can't say you can't say that it is the same robot but you can guess that it is the same robot 
But you know that because you know the figures and you're supposed to know the figures. This is an image made for a, a setting where the, the audience or the viewer actually knows who these figures are. I'm, I, I'm not the viewer. I'm not the optimal viewer because I didn't know that it was Catwoman. I don't know what the droid's name is, but I know it's from Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> and she is on the second image. She's Oh, they are kind of, uh, they aren't uh, communicating with me as a viewer. They seem to be occupied with one another. And I'm looking at the other side of this dance that they seem to be doing or whatever they are doing. I don't really know, but I, I, I kind of interpret, I pretend that it is a dance. And I can, can, they kind of move through this big room, the ballroom that they're dancing around round and around and it goes rather fast even though there is no emotion and no motion in the image it feels like there is moving and they kind of moves fast and it seems to be swirling around one another totally occupied with one another and he does that with nothing with uh, no motion all white and a lot of negative space and the awkwardness of doing these composition of putting the figures in the end of the the frame of the pictures. Yeah, I love it. It's it's so unconventional that every it's like it breaks all the rules, but that's what makes it so special and so just perfect. Yeah, and I, I was picturing the same exact thing with the dance, how they're kind of you know swirling around this room and the camera is kind of trying to catch them you know, but you keep getting them at these weird angles, kind of like if you're shooting a wedding or something and you're just trying to get photos of people. It's it's hard to like get a perfectly framed shot when people are moving around and stuff. So I picture the photographer really trying to move with them and, and only catching glimpses of them as they dance around. Yeah, it's like a movie, yeah. even though it's no, nothing movie, nothing like a movie in the image, but I get the movie feeling all together, yes going around with a camera close close and they are totally focused on one another they don't seem to have anything in the world except one another in these two images it's so lovely yeah yeah i love that in each image catwoman's looking right at k2so and that yeah. um he is out of focus for most of these sh most of the shot too so it 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 just helps sell that movement to where he's maybe moving faster than she is and so he's kind of blurred and she's not and it's just yeah there's so much movement here and it's just it's an amazing image so great job Tobias I'll, I, I love it and I'll include it on the blog post so people can see for themselves I agree I love it as well <laughs> yeah yeah it's great <laughs> so thank you Tobias really and then there was maybe you should pick one yeah we got a few submissions on instagram as well uh, one of them is from lj toy photography uh luke who was on a previous episode of this podcast um thanks again for submitting i think he submits every month which is really fun to, to watch so yeah yeah he did a great diptych with uh, ant-man and the wasp you know when i saw that image i thought it was the same figure mm. it, because when you, i don't i can't I don't know anything about this. I have seen the in the movies. I have, but I, uh, for me, when I looked at them at the first glance, I thought it was the same figure. Actually, I couldn't actually tell that it was two different ones. Yeah, and I think that 
I think that's a good thing because of the way that they're kind of posed similarly, even though their their backs are to each other. The helmets are, are very similarly shaped, like their their costumes are very similar. So I can definitely see how at a glance you think this is the same. Yeah, what I love about this is that the you know we have an image of the wasp on the left, uh, looking left and having her back towards the center of the frame. And then on the right hand side photo, we have Ant-Man who's looking to the right and his back is to wasp. And we've got this black line in the middle, but then also the images are kind of skewed so that the, the wasp image on the left is kind of lower and the Ant-Man image is higher, um, which just helps I, I just I really like when diptychs are done that way just to to really play around with the framing. Yeah, I, I think that's a good element in this in this uh, pair of images it really works well with these two images. It makes it puts something into the story um, of them working together or maybe they are dueling one another. Maybe they are supposed to actually go to a fight against one another. Hmm. Me not knowing the the canon of these stories could think that they are they are enemies. I think they are they are working together, aren't they? Yeah, that's I how I read so. it. But I could I could totally see it the other way as well. And one thing yeah. I love about the placement of the images too is that I think of the characters themselves and how they shrink and and grow. Like that's their powers. And so the fact that we have her lower than he is and him higher up, it kind of makes me think she's shrinking and he's growing or yeah. or their sizes are kind of changing. And maybe I'm just bringing that in because of my knowledge of the characters, but I just, I love that touch and it just makes me think of what situation they might be in and the fact that she can fly, but she's lower than he is. And just all of that stuff is just, uh, there's a lot here from some pretty like quote unquote simple portraits. I just, I just love the, that this really sells like what a diptych can do as far as like portraiture photography goes. Yeah, and, and it's so well done. I love it that it is in black and white as well. And mm-hmm. he has taken off the colors because that makes them all so he he brings them even closer together like they actually are corresponding with one another by taking off the colors because I think she's yellow and he's red, isn't Yeah. Am I right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm guessing. <laughs> no, I'm, I've <laughs> yeah, seen you're the right. movie. <laughs> yeah, and taking that off makes them more as a, a couple or maybe more connecting to one another, telling the same story or telling a, a, a new story together. Absolutely. I totally agree. So good job, Luke. This is a really good diptych and, and just such an interesting image. So good job. Yeah, amazing. And then we had these uh, from Spidey Goes Huggy. Yeah, I never know. <laughs> yeah, I asked him when I when we did my interview with with Janin. Um, yeah, it's, it's Spidey Goes Huga. So okay, <laughs> oh, I will never remember that. <laughs> it will be some Swedish. I just remember because it's so fun to say. So <laughs> um, he did uh, one diptych and one try. That was hard as well. Uh, I thought we would look at the the diptych. He he decided not to present them in one frame. He did this to in on Instagram. You can do layers. You can do Im two images after one another. Mm-hmm. That that makes it more difficult to see them as one image. You see them as two images telling 
some sort of chronological story or, or bringing two images together but they are maybe it's more difficult to see the diptych when mm-hmm. presented in some sort of layaway um just saying that so so uh, the first image is i think this is the first anyway there is a jello figure Maybe that is the <laughs> the wasp. <laughs> was was it that? What was it? He's was a that her? he's a yellow jacket. He's the vi- villain in the first Ant Man. I have no idea what <laughs> is this figure. I only see a uh, a black figure with the yellow stripes and some sort of uh, scorpion. Yeah, like kind of like scorpion. stinger or tail. Yeah, yeah, things. like yeah. a stinger, a scorpion stinger, and he seems to have wings, and he stands behind a leg on on a chair or a, a table, and on the right hand side I see another figure uh, that is red and kind of silver and black, walking towards this uh, figure with a sting. <laughs> And behind him, I see a third figure kind of flying with uh, some sort of wings. And I see a a chair, the leg of a chair. And it seems to be in a room. And I see on the other hand, on the other side of the yellow and black figure, I also see a chair. So it seems to be a setting where they are kind of sneaking up on this figure. And the next image... That is on the right-hand side. I would guess it is on the right-hand side. Is from the other angle, so I can see it from. I can see part of the figure's scorpion sting behind that lay the table or the chair. Mm-hmm. It, for me, it became a story about. I think it's Jan Jan <laughs> I think it's Ant Man. I think it has something to do with that. So this is a story or the view from the the figure that is kind of sneaking up on this yellow and black figure on the floor. And I really like that. He's playing with the perspective so I can see it from from object from a view outside of the scene and then I can go through a, a figure and looking through that figure's eyes of how it actually looks on the floor when the fight is almost supposed to start i can see the threat and i can see the 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 possibility of a fight or a mm-hmm. suspension in the the second image has such a suspension in it because there is a surprise behind the leg <laughs> i don't know anything about it but the other image gives me the whole view i really like that he works with the perspectives and give me the inside view in one image and the overview of the whole scene in the other one yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I love that when we see the second image, it's like from Ant-Man's perspective. And it just, yeah. it's a cool way to show one image from two different angles. And I just think it's so well done, especially the second image. It just looks so menacing with that stinger coming around the yeah. side. I, I picture it kind yeah. of slowly moving and, and maybe wrapping itself a little bit around the, the table leg or something. Like It just looks so menacing, even though it's just this little pointy thing sticking out of the corner. Um, and yeah. that he's trying to kind of hide from them, but they see him and are sneaking up on him. And it's just, yeah, I can feel the tension here. And like you said, it's just like right before a fight is about to start. So it's just yeah, yeah. yeah really, really well done. It would have been interesting to see them together, like in it that, would, in that diptych the, layout. Yeah. 
it would have would have been a different presentation of the images, mm-hmm. and I I know that I would have seen something different, but uh, that is only a, a way of uh, presenting the images. Um, but but we usually present a diptych side by side. So I would suggest that Yana would do that, try that. Maybe you can do that in the blog post. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, that's sure. You just put those images side by side in the post yeah. and see, see how they yeah. look. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but but these are really well done. So great job, Jan. And I, I just, yeah, really amazing. cool framing and, and storytelling here. Yeah, it's a really amazing image. Maybe you can give me some insights on Ant-Man. Is that the 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 woman that we looked up on in the oh yeah before yeah in the background that's wasp yeah. uh, flying so yeah it's like ant-man is on the right kind of sneaking up on yellow jacket is the villain and on the left side who's got the kind of he's supposed to be you know like a yellow jacket uh like bee or wasp or something even though it does look very scorpion like with the uh, stinger so yeah yellow jacket's on the left ant-man is sneaking up on him on the right and then yeah wasp is further in the background um kind of flying into the scene and it looks like she's like looking at ant-man and and waving to him a little bit or maybe they're communicating silently i picture like those military (laughs) hand signals you know when you're trying to sneak sneak up on somebody so um i I picture them doing that and maybe she's gonna take the right and he'll take the left or something so yeah probably yeah that's that's what i'm doing and i love the posing and the figures it's so well done yeah yeah just again like the we're looking at a still image, but I can feel the tension and the movement and where the yeah. story is going from here just based on the, the posing and the composition. So, so yeah, yeah, great job, Jan. And this is a, a really cool image. Super cool, really. Yeah. Okay, do you want to uh, jump into our submissions? Yeah. Yeah. Or our, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, our takes. <laughs> yeah, uh, I have prepared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I just want to say thank you to everybody who who did submit theirs. I know we didn't get as many submissions this month as as we usually do in the past. I wonder if that's just because this was a, a challenging theme. So I'm interested to see when we do this again if more people will chime in or if these same people who submitted this time will will try again and do new diptychs. So I'm really excited to see those. But thank you to everybody who submitted. Uh, we really love seeing your submissions every single month. Yeah, thank you. We really, and I know it was a struggle. It was difficult to do this uh, theme. So yeah. you don't have to submit a, a a diptych for next theme you can just submit something on the theme as well you don't have to do a diptych if you don't want to do that challenge just do the theme then yeah we didn't have a theme <laughs> this <laughs> month we had we had a challenge to to put two images together <laughs> we lacked the theme i thought we lacked the theme yeah having it more open-ended was was difficult for sure yeah in one way it's more easy to be creative when you have all the opportunities opportunities uh, in front of you but it's also more difficult because you get this self-struggling and self-censoring and thinking this isn't good enough Uh, this is maybe this isn't what they thought it would be maybe this isn't a diptych and there is so much around it that it makes it a lot easier when you have constraints for Mm -hmm. what you're supposed to do and the themes work that way at least for me yeah i I would agree 
Can I stosh? Yeah, yeah, go for it. I'm, I'm very interested to see what you think of mine. So, <laughs> oh, well, to start with, I really like it. I like it a lot. Thank you. Um, I would start by talking about what I actually see in the image because I thought when I looked at it, I thought I saw more in it when I really pinpointed what and how I saw the image. So this is a diptych. It's two images. Both are taken in landscape mode and put one beneath and the other one over the other one or whatever. I'm I'm going to, to read the images from the bottom up. And there's two images. They are both in color. And uh, around the images is a white frame. And there is a frame that uh, separates the two images from one another. So, uh, in the image that is below, or the first image which I start with, is I would say it's a two-color image. Maybe at first I thought it was black and white, but when I look at, uh, on it on a bigger screen, I see that it is probably in color. And the composition in this image is that it's two parts there is a uh, three figures in the bottom of the image and then there is a uh, one third of the image that is only kind of black soily kind of mushy there is some sort of stones and there seems to be some brown I, I read it as soil and in the lower part of the image, there are three figures and they are white and they are plastic figures because we do toy photography and I can say it's uh, Lego figures that ha are three skeletons and they are kind of put in the soil. So you can see one figure, you can see ho the whole body, even though it's covered with soil. You can see part of the feet and then there is soil and then you can see part of the legs and you can see the arms but they are kind of covered with soil and that figure is kind of smiling like all lego figures are smiling he's a big smile on his face and two black eyes and a, a, what is lacking a nose and the view on that figure isn't on me as a viewer it he seems to be looking up towards the black negative space uh, above him. And then there are two figures on each side of this figure. The one on the left hand side, I can see almost the whole figure, but I can't see the feet because they are cut through and it's outside of the frame. I can see part of the hands, but I can't see all the arms because they are covered by soil. And that figure has the same face. They have all three of them have the same faces. But his view or his eyes, he seems to be looking at me. He seems to be looking at me as a viewer, meeting my, me and my eyes. And on the other hand, on the other side, on the right hand side, is a third figure. I can't see the whole figure there either because you have cut through. You have made the the framing of the picture through his part of his foot but otherwise and part of his hand and the right arm is covered all by soil so on the image the uh, that is below the first image the the lower image there is three skeleton figures 
covered with soil and above them is soil and I can see some parts or bigger parts of rocks or stones and the one figure is actually looking straight at me the one is looking up towards the black uh, area and the third figure seems to be glazing a bit off me not straight on me but but kind of towards outside somewhere behind me that is the lower image and when it ends there is a white straight a white uh, frame and then the soil the the in the, the image above there is a there's same soil it, it's almost the same color but it isn't it's warmer it's brown more brown in the image below there is the soil is really black and kind of uh, I feel it's cold and dark in the image above it's the soil is it starts with a a layer or a small portion of brown and then there is comes green and the focus is on the green on the straws that is what I read as grass grass <laughs> <laughs> and then there comes the flowers that are yellow and white and kind of the lower part of the flowers are off focus but the upper part or the f the the closest towards the they are in focus but there is a soft focus and they kind of gets soft and really warm and they are yellow and white and half through the image the rest of the image is kind of green and white and soft and really soft bokeh so I see two images, one with three skeletons lying in the soil, smiling, happy, looking kind of buried. And I see a second image of uh, some sort of garden or a green grass area with yellow and white flowers. And they are really beautiful, both of them. But when I look upon them together, I see a story about how life evolves from the lives that has been here before. The, the never-ending uh, story of that we all becomes, become soil. You could, you could even call the image from Earth we we all come because it's a story about life and death death and how we all kind of evolves from what has been here before how we depend on the earth and how we kind of become earth when we have lived and what lives comes through the earth and what the earth gives it's a beautiful image and so well composed. I love the way you have put them together by letting the soil come back in the upper image. So you don't start with the green grass. You start with the soil and let it go through and become this amazingly warm, rich, green feeling of life. And you can smell the flowers. You can feel the warmth. And the subtlety you have done between the ways you have used 
colors and tones, making the lower image more cold, more, the soil is more black and the white is more white. They are white, they're both as white, but, but it is a difference between them. And that makes it also difference in where I, where I am as a viewer. I don't want to be part of that dark, soily, <laughs> the death part. And I love the way you have uh, also uh, viewed the, the the figures. The the when I look, I don't know, I don't know how to say that in English. When you, the the image of the skeletons is taking straight ahead, like I'm I'm a drone looking down in the soil, but the flowers are taken like in I did a cut through through the soil so you have a different way of looking at the objects as well and I really love that even though they it, they could be in that uh, in the layers d be under the flowers it doesn't seem like they are they kind of up high I look up on them from above the skeletons but uh, on the flowers I look from the side so I can see the the soil and the grass and like layers um, upon one another I really like that it's so well done I really <laughs> love that it becomes two different images one of the horrors of being a death being death and part of some sort of war where people kind of dead bodies kind of lie on the soil everywhere and on the other hand that's part of life because out of that soil comes beautiful greenery and flowers and yeah i'm really glad that you liked it you exactly what i was going for was was what you what you said so <laughs> <laughs> oh that's good <laughs> yeah like i said this was an image i did yesterday it was i had a couple different ideas for what i wanted to do and and this one kind of came to me as a i wanted to do a you know an image with one on top of the other and what could i do and and i i really liked the idea of of kind of a, a slice you know, kind of like in cartoons when you go underground and you can like yeah. see the dirt from the side and yeah. you see all these like skeletons and stuff as they're burrowing down or whatever. I wanted to do something similar to that. So that's why I have the, the skeletons in the soil. But at the same time, I wanted the images to both be totally different images uh, that were then put together to look like they were supposed to be one image. So that's why the soil in the top images is warmer and, and from a different angle than the soil in the bottom is, is darker and the contrast is higher. And so I, I wanted them to really stand apart so that it did look like two completely different images that were put together to make one. So so I'm glad that came through. The lower one is kind of morbid. I, you could be in this this death field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or, or some kind of like unmarked uh, grave or, or burial yeah. site or something. Yeah, I wanted it to be kind of creepy and, and scary and, and just really um, shocking with just the, that's why I did like kind of higher contrast and the just the two, like the really dark, dark, dark soil and the bright white skeletons. I wanted it to be kind of shocking at, on the bottom and then really just warm and, and welcoming and bright and vibrant on the top to, to really show the difference. And, and um, have you ever heard the expression pushing daisies? No. 
Ah, so that's that's why I, I did the yellow and white flowers. These are supposed to be daisies. Because um, I, I tried doing like roses and it just wasn't working. And then uh, I remembered the, the saying, it's, it's pushing daisies. And that's basically a, a phrase for being dead. Is you're literally underground and you're pushing flowers up to the surface um by being dead you know by by feeding the soil and and so i just once i remembered that i was like oh there's my (laughs) there's the flowers and and that too so i I liked having that extra layer as well so i'm glad that i'm glad that all that came through because i'm i'm actually really really proud of this one and i love yeah i love the way you worked with the focus in the both of the images where you have the, all the focus in the image in below and in, on the upper image you have this soft really shallow depth of field it's really amazing the focus how you work with it and it makes such a nice complement to the feeling of these two scenes thank you yeah i actually used uh, two different lenses um so that it, they could look very different um like one i used a uh, a 50 millimeter lens on both but one the top one has like an extension tube on it so you get closer to the subject and have a more shallow depth of field and then the bottom image i was uh, actually a wider shot i was farther away from it um, and got more of the stuff in focus uh, without the extension tube on it so that they could look different as far as the focusing went so that that was fun to kind of play around with yeah. But thank you. I, yeah. I really like it. Thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm glad we did this theme just so I could have this photo at the end of it cuz I I wouldn't have taken this otherwise. And now now that we've done this challenge, I I really want to do more of these images. It's just such a cool technique. Yeah, it it is. And on the same hand, it's really difficult to know how do I actually put why do I put these two images together and you and your two images actually together they bring a, t- a a totally new dimension because you have this beautiful field you know that the soil is filled with dirt and but you actually tell the story what the the dirt contains and we realize that this is the circle of of how the the way the nature works and yeah the, the whole circle of life thing yeah. you know yeah yeah thank you it was um yeah and i used potting soil for the dirt so it would look like actual real soil so that was kind of fun too to to play i, I love playing with dirt inside my studio it's just always fun <laughs> <so>. <laughs> So let's talk about your image because I I'm really excited to to hear your your interpreter you know what you're going for and and um, these are just two beautiful images so <laughs> that's my soft spot <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah they definitely I could tell that you took them you know which is which is great um, so what I see is one long landscape image made up by two separate landscape images. Um, I love that the two images end up being different sizes as well. You, the image on the left is landscape, but but kind of smaller, and then the image on the right is landscape, but more enlarged. So the image on the left takes up maybe uh, you know a third of the space, and then the image on the right takes up two thirds. I, I thought that was interesting because most diptychs I saw were half and half. So this was a cool yeah. variation on that. So right away I was I I really liked the the framing of the two shots, and the one on the left. Is uh, lower than the the one on the right and smaller, as I said. And uh, it's a landscape image with um, a Lego stormtrooper who's who's got his back, or his or her back to the camera, and is kind of walking to the left 
uh, away from the camera out of the scene into this beautiful warm glowing light that you have and and i love the texture on the ground is this cool like gray stone white i don't even know it's like a beautiful rock or something and the stormtrooper is is kind of walking away and has these these fairy wings on his back and is holding a um, a teddy bear that's all uh, damaged and worn and clearly like a well-loved toy and the teddy bear itself is actually wearing a stormtrooper helmet as well which i love um, so that's the image on the left and then the image on the right is a is a bigger stormtrooper a different it's an action figure instead of a Lego minifigure, which I thought was really interesting. And this figure is actually uh, laying down and and out of the most of the figure is actually out of the frame. It kind of gets cut off at the waist, and the figure is kind of laying down on this rock um, on his arms and has this gigantic gun it just looks really <laughs> shocking just how how big this thing is. It's like as um, probably as, as thick as, as one of the stormtrooper's arms and as long as one of his legs. It's just this really big gun, and he's kind of looking through the scope of the gun. Um, and the gun is pointing to the right out of the scene, uh, towards the other side of the frame. The gun itself takes up most of the shot, I would say. And uh, you've, you've got a very similar, beautiful, glowing, warm light behind them and a, and a similar um, rock face, even though we see more of it. And one thing I love about how you've positioned both of these photos is that the rock on the left photo kind of starts to slope a little bit on the right-hand side and matches with where the ground actually starts on the right-hand side photo. So they, they really together look like they're in one uh, scene, even though it's, it's two totally different images separated by a big white stripe going through them and, se and separating them. So I, th I thought that was really well done just as far as the placement goes. What, what I see in this image at first, I thought, oh no, the stormtrooper on the right is going to shoot the one on the left. And it just, I thought of this, this really horrific scene. And then I realized that I was looking at the image from right to left instead of left to right. And so when I look at it from left to right, what I actually see is is life and and the passage of time and maybe a loss of innocence and how the figure on the left is kind of this dreamy child who has like uh, fairy tales with the with the fairy wings and and the teddy bear and is kind of and the the fact that the teddy bear has a helmet on it though makes me think that it is kind of a maybe a, a war toy or games or something that even though it's this really innocent scene that the teddy bear has this uh army helmet on basically so that makes me think that even though it's it's a more innocent maybe it's it does still have those shades of of the future violence or something and so so i see the left image as a child and then the right image as that stormtrooper grown up and is now you know an actual stormtrooper soldier and is fighting and and shooting you know people with this gigantic gun he has um so that that's what i see really is is just this passage of time and how the figure on the left went from being this small innocent child and then to a soldier on the right um, so i just i love that and that these these two images separately could stand alone as beautiful images but then when you put them together both with the framing that you've done and the composition on both 
it really does tell a bigger, deeper story. So I think this is a, a beautiful example of what a diptych can do. And, and you've just done an amazing job with it. So I, I, I love it. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> he, has, he has nailed it because, yes. <laughs> <laughs> because that was my, my intention. I, ha- I tried to put the smaller stormtrooper on the other side and it became just, I, I wanted that ambiguity to be there. I want you to think that he could be shooting the small stormtrooper. That I, I don't have a problem with that because <laughs> th- that is part of the innocent that gets lost when you realize the toy play the play that you did with the teddy about being a stormtrooper it isn't it is a play about death and you Mm. can't realize that as a child because you can't really actually comprehend what it means to be a soldier or a a killer that I usually call them. (laughs) Um, So so I wanted that because in one way, the the image on the right hand side, as I see it, is an image of realizing or or killing your your childhood dream or the the fantasy that it would be this amazingly fun to be grown up, to decide to to be in control, but it isn't. Uh, uh, the innocent i <laughs> i don't think you you kind of it's kind of a paradise lost <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah and just the the stark contrast between the teddy bear and the gun is just such a just a harsh visual and it's just really shocking when you see it and it just yeah it just makes me think of that like loss of innocence or or corruption of of time and and just how how dark things became and and maybe you know the fact that the teddy bear does have a stormtrooper helmet makes you think that yeah you know like when i was a kid i played with little star wars toys and created these battles and it would be like if i did that and then became a soldier and i had to do that stuff in real life and how how shocking that would be and and just to to see that like yeah i used to imagine these these fun and games and now it's it's this harsh reality you know so i i love that you're playing around with that and i think it's funny that you you had the the little stormtrooper on the right originally because for some reason when i did see this i did think that the the little stormtrooper was in his crosshairs or something you know just the just how shocking the the two images are so that's it's i'm i'm glad that you played around with that yeah because i thought it was too obvious and um, and then I have also tried the image. I thought about Willem Tell and the story of the father that has to shoot through the apple on the child's head and so on because there is some theme of that in this image as well. The the child and the parent and the fostering. and But I didn't want it to be too obvious either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that was a smart move to switch them because... This way, it it can tell that story, but the larger story it's telling for me is the growing up story. That this is the same figure, um, just you know, one as a child and one as an adult. So I think yeah. that the other way it would have been harder to see that. So this way, I I still get both stories, but the more prominent story is the child versus adult story. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, this is beautiful, super super well done. Um, I, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have the the luxury of winter, <laughs> of winter in Sweden with winter light. <laughs> yeah, this light is just just beautiful. Yeah, it's just it looks so good. So, I, I love it. 
Yeah. <laughs> so I think I think we both did a good job with this theme. Actually, I'm I yeah. was I was nervous about it all month long. I kind of struggled, but I ended up with a photo I'm really happy with, and I I loved yours. I think we did a I think we did a good job with this one. I couldn't agree more. I think we did an amazing work, but I think we could do an even better uh, comprehension of this way of doing pictures by adding a theme that we work on together. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that a little bit because uh, you know you and I talked a little bit before. Before we started recording about what are we going to do next month and and you floated the idea of doing a diptych again and that's something we haven't done is to to redo a theme and uh, I think that alone is going to be interesting to to do diptychs again even though we just did them but then as you said to add in a theme on top of the basically diptych is the you know the uh, composition or the the yeah. framework and then our theme yeah. is going to be uh, because we're doing um It'll be in February and Valentine's Day is around. We want to do uh, love. Is that what we decided is our overarching? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we decided on love. (laughs) Yeah. So we, you know, as as you mentioned earlier, people don't have to do diptychs um, if they want, if they have a a photo idea for love as a theme instead, um, totally go for it. But we are going to do diptychs again, but use love as an overarching theme for our diptychs and see if see what we can come up with that way now that we have uh, not only a technique to go for but a theme to shoot as well and we have tried the technique so so we kind of try to master it and get really good at it yeah and, and now that we've discussed it too just having this this podcast discussion has has really opened my eyes even more about diptychs and what we can do with them and seeing your images and our listener submissions and so I'm, I'm really curious to see next month what we come in with uh based on building off of this conversation we just had yeah i couldn't agree more because just thinking about composition and looking at the viewer on the submissions that the listeners did thinking about composition and and trying to use the the space in a different uh, way seems like a challenge that i would like to try anyway yeah, so if uh, you guys want to participate and show us your images, go ahead and use the hashtag TP underscore love, and then uh, that way we can see your submissions. Make sure to tag myself. I'm at the real James 23 on Instagram. Christina is at Calix Anderson. Um, I'm also on MeWe. You can find me there. I know, Christina, you're also on Flickr. Um, if you guys can't, for some reason, tag us wherever you upload the image, you can always email them to us at toyphotographypod at gmail.com, and we can see them that way. Um, yeah. Yeah. So thank you everybody for listening to this episode and participating in this theme. I I really, I had a great time with this theme. This is one of my favorites so far. What about you, Christina? I thought it was super difficult. (laughs) (laughs) And I kind of, uh, I kind of, when I thought, when I saw, because I usually think a lot of what I'm supposed to do. I kind of postpone the photography as long as I can. Um, but when I saw the submission come in and I thought, oh, how am I supposed to do something in this <laughs> direction? <laughs> but I thought it was uh, a good challenge and was fun to see and do the work, actually. So I'm really looking forward to try it again. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Me too. So until next time, uh, thank you, everybody. And we'll, we'll see you next time. Yeah. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. You can find new episodes of this podcast and daily articles on creativity and toy photography on our website, toyphotographers.com. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
We also ask that you please leave us a five-star review. That'll help spread the word about the show and help us get noticed. You can find us on Facebook at Toy Photographers and on Instagram at underscore Toy Photographers underscore. Music for this week's episode is courtesy of freemusicarchive.org. And finally, you can reach out to us with comments, concerns, recommendations, etc. at toyphotographypod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. I'll see you guys next week.